This holiday season, the Tunnel to Towers Foundation delivers on its promise to do good and never forget the sacrifices America's greatest heroes have made for us with their annual season of hope. Between Thanksgiving and New Year's Eve, the Foundation will deliver mortgage-free homes to dozens and dozens of America's catastrophically injured veterans, fallen first responder families, and Gold Star families. Bring hope to heroes. Donate $11 a month to Tunnel to Towers at T2T.org. Hi, everyone. I'm Dr. John White, WebMD's Chief Medical Officer and host of the Spotlight On series from WebMD's Health Discovered podcast. For this special two-part episode, you'll hear up-close and personal journeys about being diagnosed with a rare type of cancer, multiple myeloma. He looked at me. I have been his patient for more than 20 years. And he said, this is really strange. You're an African-American, age 57. I've never seen this before. This back pain that you're continually having with no signs of osteoporosis. No signs, exactly. And I didn't have any signs of osteoporosis in my family history. Listen to Health Discovered on the iHeartRadio app or wherever you get your podcasts. Have you ever thought about starting your own podcast? You know, when we were trying to get this podcast off the ground, we had a lot of questions. How do you record an episode? How do I get the show into all the apps people like to listen to? You know, best of all, how do we like to make money off this podcast? The answer to every one of these questions is really simple. Anchor. Anchor is a one-stop shop for recording, hosting, and distributing your podcast. Best of all, it's 100% free and ridiculously easy to use. And now, Anchor can match you with great sponsors who want to advertise on your podcast. That means you can get paid to to podcast right away. In fact, that's what we're doing right now by reading this ad. You know, I like to listen to to my scary podcast during the week while I'm at work. And man, let me tell you, it just gets me in an extra zone so I can keep working all day long. So if you've always wanted to start a podcast and make money doing it, go to anchor.fm slash start to join me and a diverse community of podcasters already using Anchor. That's anchor.fm slash start. I can't wait to hear your podcast. And welcome in, everybody, to an edition of the High Low Sports Podcast, our NFL first mock draft. I'm DJ, joined by Kelsey. And for those listening on ColorCast, you're getting a bit of a sneak peek here before the episode goes out this Thursday and Friday on Unhinged Sports Network, as well as our Anchor, Spotify, and all those other pages. And we're just going to get right into it to this first edition of the NFL Mock Draft brought to you by Dr. Squatch. Smell like a man, feel like a champion, and can attest to you, it smells really great. The men and the ladies will both love it. So it's a foregone conclusion since December. Trevor Lawrence is going number one, so we got that out of the way. I'm going to do the odd number picks. Kelsey's going to do the even number picks. We're going to pick who we would take if we were in these teams' positions, not our predictions of what they will take, because some of these GMs, they... They throw back a few tequila shots for their pick. So the draft officially starts at number two, since we know Trevor Lawrence should be going number one. Kelsey, what do you got going for the Jets? Yeah, you know, I'll be honest. Uh, the, the Trevor Lawrence makes this number two pick even easier. I'd love to say the Jets are going to be like, you know, they're going to fool us all and they're going to go somewhere with a lineman. But we're not sold on Sam Darnold yet. So worst case scenario, we have a backup for Sam Darnold to 
get when he gets benched midway through the season. Best case scenario, we have a brand new starting quarterback in New York. I'm going with the guy out of BYU, Zach Wilson, and his fancy bandana because you know what? I I can't see them going anywhere else. As much as I'd love to say they want to get an offensive tackle, I'm I'm I don't think they're sold on Sam Darnold, and I don't think I'm sold on Sam Darnold. So in my case, I'm looking as a insurance and. What better insurance than a guy that maybe needs to grow that might also provide a spark off the bench? Maybe back into the draft, you could flip Sam Darnold for a late first, maybe even a second, depending on too. Like maybe a team that wanted to trade up for a quarterback misses out, they're like, fine, we'll take Sam. Exactly. Yeah. There's so many potential things you can do there if you take Zach Wilson with your with your roster at the back end of this draft. So exactly. And it said you get to reset the rookie quarterback contract. So moving on to number three, we have the Miami Dolphins. And I honestly I think they're gonna trade this pick. I don't think they're going to keep it. We saw them do some salary dumps. I think they're working on something, but we are not doing that. So I'm going to anticipate them keeping the pick. I'm going to go with the Heisman Trophy winner, Devontae Smith. I don't necessarily think he is the best receiver in this draft, but his skill set is perfect for Tua, who he doesn't really throw people open. He needs guys that separate like that in an instant. And Devontae Smith's extreme electricness, his explosiveness, and his route running I'm working on my NFL draft prospect list, and I have a really fun comparison to a former NFL great to compare him to. Me and Kelsey have talked about it a little bit, and I look forward to breaking that one down. But let's just say that's exactly what Tua needs and the familiarity. So I'm going to say they take Devontae Smith if they keep this pick, even though he's not, in my opinion, the highest-rated receiver in this draft. No, I, I think that's a fantastic pick, pairing up the two that won a national championship over Georgia together. I mean, everybody forgets that was the combination that – that, that that won them the national championship after two baby Devonte Smith too even lighter than he is now exactly yeah a much smaller Devonte so uh I, I I I agree with that pick I think that that could be a very interesting pick um, all right heading on for, to number four in Atlanta Kelsey who you got yeah so Atlanta at number four is a very interesting pick obviously a lot of people are not high on Matt Ryan I still think he's wrong. a top 15 I still think yeah exactly they're wrong yeah I think he's a top yes. 15 quarterback still um at the, at the very worst you get a, a quality game manager who knows to throw it up to Julio and knows to throw it up to Calvin Ridley. So what do I give him? I give him another weapon. I give him Kyle Pitts, the best <laughs> available player at this point in the time in the draft. Give me Kyle Pitts going number four in this draft to Atlanta. I, I think, honestly, it'll be a, a great combination. Because right now, you have Hayden Hurst, but he's kind of proven to not be so great in this offense. So get somebody like Kyle Pitts, who is an X-factor all across the board. So you have Arthur Smith, an offensive coach, who made Jonu Smith look like a touchdown maker last year. Now you give him Kyle Pitts. That's a pretty dirty combo. Screw defense. You 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 lost in shootouts last year. You're just going to win the shootouts this year, but there's still going to be shootouts. Exactly. All right. So moving on to pick number five, the Cincinnati Bengals. I'm going to go with my highest-rated tackle, Rashawn Slater, out of Northwestern. I know a lot of people like Panay Sewell, Panay Sewell, Panay Sewell, and I think Panay Sewell has a higher upside. Like his ceiling is higher. He has more potential, but I think Rashawn Slater is – at worst case scenario, a starting right tackle for 10 years. And when you have your rookie quarterback coming off a torn ACL, you keep that man upright, you keep him safe, and you spend this pick on alignment. And Rashawn Slater is the safest pick. He's Neither one of these guys, I think, is that Quentin Nelson, Joe Thomas draft prospect as an alignment. But I think Rashawn Slater could be similar to like Zach Martin. Like Even if he's not your left tackle of the future, you move into another position and he, and he just mauls people. Panay Sewell could be your left tackle of the future, but I'm going to go with the safest thing in Rashawn Slater. And we don't have any recent tape on Panay Sewell. There's, there's like a 1% chance he got worse, but I mean, there's still yeah. the 1% chance. Yeah, I mean, taking a year off like he did, uh, it's, it's kind of hard to, to dictate every, everything. And actually, Slater was my number one offensive tackle as well on the board. I definitely think that's a quality pick. But so number six, moving to the Eagles, moving to the, the NFC East, a team who has moved on from their quarterback to Jalen Hurts, who, for all intents and purposes, they want to build upon. 
great. So what do you give them to build upon? Right now, though, that receiving core is awful. I mean, they just released Alshon Jeffrey as well, so it's awful. So who do we give them? Why not the other Alabama receiver, oh, okay. Jalen Waddle? I would have gone Jamar Chase here. I just don't think that he fits in what Philadelphia wants to do offensively. Um, I think you look at that the way the Colts' offense is run, they never really had a guy that was going to be that type of an X factor in Jamar Chase. They always kept it very simple. It's like either a speed guy on the outside or a possession guy on the inside, and they kept it very simple. Jalen Waddle is a speed guy on the outside that can get open, and he's big enough body that he can jump over guys. Give Jalen Hurts that opportunity to take a defense, the, the head off a of defense who can also run slants like nobody's business. I mean, and this guy has experience with Jalen Waddle too, and I think that's what gives him the edge over Jamar Chase at the end of the day. I think that experience being together is why he's going to go number number six to Philadelphia. And so there are some people saying he might be faster than Henry Ruggs if they run. So that's an interesting concept as well, too. And he can contribute on special teams returning. So he's definitely a versatile weapon. That That's very interesting. Yeah. So moving on to number seven, the Detroit Lions. The no longer Matthew Stafford led Detroit Lions, by the way, too. And, you know, I really, really want to go with Jamar Chase here because that would be right on brand for Detroit to take an early receiver. <laughs> but I think the new head coach, Campbell, I think he's going to work this one from the defensive side. So I'm going to take Greg Rousseau out of Miami, the defensive end. I think he's going to get something on that defense to get after Aaron Rodgers, to get just to get after whoever the the Bears quarterback is going to be. I mean, that's kind of a crapshoot. We'll see how that works out. Just to, And then to get after Kirk Cousins. Like, I think that's his first thought is get after the quarterback. So I'm going to go Greg Rousseau, arguably the best player left on the boards pending. Like he, I have him as five with number four still on the board, but defense wins. And I think he's going to start there since you already have Jared Goff as your new quarterback. We don't know. I don't know if they're sold on him yet. We'll see on that. Yeah, no, that's a, that's a fantastic pick. I, I you know, Greg Rousseau out of, out of Miami was not really looked at very highly by a lot of people, but he's making some, some boards. He made some noise last year. Uh, unfortunately, there's two, two ends out of Miami that, that made some noise. So maybe Russo mm -hmm. sometimes is overlooked for how good good he actually is. But I think he's going to be a great NFL prospect going forward. But that takes us to number eight, the Carolina Panthers. So for all intents and purposes, they're in the Deshaun mix right now, right? If they get Deshaun, so be it. You have a brand new franchise quarterback. If you don't get Deshaun, you still have Teddy Bridgewater, a guy who's had a lot of injuries. So what do you do here? Let's protect my quarterback, whether it's a franchise quarterback or an awfully injured quarterback. Mm. Going offensive tackle here, Panay Sewell drops down to this position based off our draft pick. Why not? Panay Sewell, right here, goes to Carolina, stirs up an offensive line that really, I mean, that blind side is wide open for the picking. You can kind of pick and place your guy there. He's, he's going to have an opportunity to prove himself as being a quality NFL player. Okay, yeah, I like that pick. It's a, I think they're, I think they'd lean towards quarterback necessarily, but I, I get what you're saying. If not, if they do trade for Deshaun Houston's picking here, and they're probably going, they're, I think they're going quarterback. So interesting enough, we yeah. don't have any, we only have two quarterbacks off the board, and that takes us number nine in Denver. The thing is, I think if they were going to get a quarterback, it would be Zach Wilson. I something about the other, I don't know, I don't think John Elway is really feeling the other guys. So what I think they're going to do is they're going to try and do kind of the same thing. They're going to build offensive line and defense. I think they're going to look offensive line for agency. So I'm going to give Denver a corner to replace the recently released AJ Boye. I'm going to give him Caleb Farley out of Virginia tech. That guy can fly. He's physical. He's locked down. He's everything you want in an early corner prospect, almost like a faster Kyle Fuller to compare Virginia tech products. So I like Caleb Farley here and rounding out our top 10 live on color cast, Kelsey, what better fitting way to do it than for you to have your Cowboys at number 10. 
I, it's it's so fitting. I hate it so much. Let me tell you. Your um, newly so Dak many... signed Cowboys too, by the way. Exactly. Yeah, the brand new Dak signed Cowboys, a team that needs to build their team through the draft because that Dak contract, wow, um, this next year is just wow. They're going to be under some salary cap issues. So this definitely is going to have to be a big draft for them. Um, obviously, you could go offensive line, interior offensive line, help replace Travis Frederick disappearing. I'm not going to go there. I'm going to look at the defensive side of things because their defense got torched each and every time they played any sort of quality receiver. So give me a corner and actually give me the man from USC East, JC Horn. Okay. (laughs) I see what you did there. (laughs) Yeah. So uh, I actually have it written down USC with a small E just so everybody Mm. knows JC Horn, uh, son, son of former all pro receiver, um, formerly played with the saints. So, you know, you look at him, he has a quality pedigree, um, also here, you could go Patrick Sertan, but really I see them going J.C. Horn. He grades higher for me, and we see two back-to-back corners round out this top 10. I mean, I think this will be a, a fantastic draft, but we might have a couple surprises. Like, I already dropped one in there with Jalen Waddle over Jamar Chase. Jamar Chase is sitting here at number 10, still open to be taken. So who knows where he ends up um, on our on our mock draft, guys. But that does it for us right now on ColorCast. We appreciate you guys tuning in, and make sure you tune into the brand-new episode Thursday at 2 p.m. Eastern Time on the Unhinged Sports Network, or Friday, if you missed the, the original live version of it, Friday, 2 p.m. Eastern Time, we'll release to all of our all of our um, <laughs> platforms, so Spotify, Apple, Anchor Podcast, you name it, we'll be there, Verbal, we just got on Verbal, so be sure to check all that out, guys, and we will see you guys next time on ColorCast, and if you're listening otherwise, we're going to go ahead and right to break real fast, and you're going to hear from our, a couple of our sponsors. What's up, everybody? It's Kelsey from the High Low Sports Podcast. You know, if you missed the brand new news, we have partnered with Fanatics.com. So if you're market for a brand new t-shirt, brand new hoodie, brand new jersey, no matter the team, no matter the player, no matter the sport, Fanatics.com is your place to stop. Not only does this help support our podcast, but it helps support the entire Unhinged Sports Network. Check the link in our bio or go to UnhingedSN.com. I'll be having DJ in the High Low Sports Podcast. See ya. What's up, everybody? It's Kelsey from the High Low Sports Podcast, and we recently partnered with Fubo TV. What is Fubo TV? Fubo TV is a service to broadcast live TV over the internet, no cable required. Watch your favorite teams, network shows, news, and movies on over 100 plus channels. You get channels like CBS, NBC, ABC, Fox. You can watch all the games. So go ahead, click that link in our bio, and get started on your seven day free trial. And stay tuned to some more great programming right here on the Unhinged Sports Network. And welcome back, ladies and gentlemen. As you just heard from Fanatics and Fubo TV, our network sponsors. You know, just make sure if you guys haven't already checked it out, check out the link in our bio. Gives you all the links to our great partners and all of our other brands. Like, as we mentioned, Dr. Swatch Soap Company. You know, smell smell like a man. Wow, Feel like what? a champion. Thank you. Yeah. I don't know why I just spaced out. Anyways, yes. <laughs> Go check that one out. DJ just bought their, their stuff. Um, deodorant smells fantastic. There's some fancy manly pine scents out there as well. So if you like smell like a pine tree, that's always a good one too. Uh, Other than that, guys, we have a brand new sponsor, Everlast, who is the premier choice in workout apparel and boxing gear. Um, DJ, again, as a MMA trained fighter at one point in time in your career, uh, what what was the brand you mostly used? Do you think it was Everlast or did you use any other ones? Everlast would probably be the winner. It's basically a mainstay. It's like Nike with basketball and football. It's just kind of locked in. Yeah, you got to do it. 
But guys, moving on in our in our NFL drop uh, mock, we're gonna kind of speed these ones up. We are at number eleven. As I just picked J.C. Horn going off the board to Dallas Cowboys, number eleven DJ with the New York Giants, another NFC East pick. Honestly, at this one, they are licking their chops, and if they this happens, they should sprint their card to the podium. They're taking Jamar Chase, in my opinion, a top five prospect, the best receiver. He, I think, he's going to slip a little bit just from not playing, as well as just kind of the Alabama connections with the other guys. So, Danny Dimes, they give him basically one more year to figure it out. Saquon coming back, Darius Slayton emerging, Evan Ingram showing some promise. That defense looking real good last year. Mm-hmm. Now they give you what will probably be a true number one receiver. Okay, look out, NFC East. All right, moving on to number 12, San Francisco. Things continue to – the plot continues to thicken. What do you say, Kelsey? Who do they take at 12? Yeah, so this one, um, I think we both have them ranked as our best interior offensive lineman. Uh, I'm going Alajay Vera Tucker right here to – he goes right up the coast from Southern California to San Francisco. Well, just outside San Francisco for this one. They need some interior line help. And at the end of the day, this is your best chance of getting interior line help for the next 10 years, and he can be a high-quality – all pro and worst case scenario, he's a pro for 10 years that starts at guard. I mean, oh no, Richie Incognito, how terrible is that to have for the next 10 years? Not that bad. So that's my pick for number 12 for San Francisco. I just think they need that interior help. I could go defense here, but I think when you look at this, this is the best rated player available for what their needs are. Uh, but moving I'm on to number you didn't, I'm oh, surprised oh. you didn't give him a quarterback, honestly. Ah, you know, I still trust Jimmy. Jimmy doesn't need to do much when you have a running game, and the best way to get a running game going, offensive line. Um, <laughs> yeah, so, DJ, moving on to number 13, the Chargers out of L.A., what do they have? Honestly, I was thinking Elijah Vera Tucker would fit perfectly here, but since you decided to take him a pick early, I'm going to say they take a look at defense, where, honestly, injuries and age are catching up to him, minus Joey Bosa, basically. So I'm going to say they go with a versatile guy to team up with newly drafted Kenneth Murray last year, Jeremiah Os. Owasu Koromoa, the linebacker out of Notre Dame. Try to say that vers- times fast. Nope, not even going to say it one more time. But <laughs> point is, he is outstanding physical, sp- physically and mentally, and the way he knows how to play the linebacker game. I think he's the best-rated linebacker in the draft, in my opinion. So I think they just that's kind of how they go as well, too. They just follow that train. Be like, all right, you you and Kenneth Murray handle that behind Joey Bosa, and yeah, hopefully Derwin James comes back. I 100% agree with you. I think he's the best linebacker out there, and – and why not already improve an already high quality, you know, linebacking selection from last year and just just swarm on some teams, really. Absolutely. Moving on to number 14, the Minnesota Vikings. Minnesota. So Minnesota was tough for me because you can kind of just throw a dart at a board and you're going to find a position that needs some help. As long as it's not on the offense, unless it's the offensive line. <laughs> so there are a lot of choices. Um but in this case, I'm looking at defensive line for him, interior defense, defensive line, and I'm going over to Alabama, and I'm taking Christian Barmore from Alabama. Uh, I think he's, I think he has that weird combination of an interior lineman that can stop a run, but that isn't afraid to be able to get out of a get out of line, uh, get out of quarterback. So it's kind of a combo position. And going opposite side, Daniil Hunter, he might split out wide sometimes, but probably going to stay interior in his NFL career. Um, but we'll see. We'll see how that one goes. But I think long term, I think this guy has a very long term future ahead of him, and will be in Minnesota as long as they pay him for a long time coming. And that moves us on to number fifteen, New England. And this is interesting because last year Bill Belichick emptied the well basically on defense, and then they struggled a little bit, and they have a lot of players coming back. So I think Bill Belichick's actually going to take a quarterback here, and I think he's going to take Justin Fields out of Ohio State if he is somehow still there. I don't think. Bill, this necessarily Bill's favorite pick, but I don't think he could turn him down at the same time. 
hypothetically, let's say they keep Cam Newton for one more year, give Justin Fields a chance to learn by a guy with a very similar skill set, big, strong arm, athletic. And seeing Tom Brady hoist that Lombardi trophy without him, we both know Bill Belichick's the type of guy who's like, okay, I see you. I'm going to build this for the long haul. So I think he's going to basically get his quarterback of the future, who could also be the quarterback of the now behind Cam Newton as well. So New England breaking this bit of a quarterback drought that we we both kind of went on, considering a lot of places think quarterback all five quarterbacks will be gone by now. We got three down, so we'll see how this continues. <laughs> Number 16, the Arizona Cardinals, a almost surprise team last year before faltering a bit down the stretch. Mm-hmm. Who do you got them taking? Yeah, so this one, again, I'm looking straight defense of this one. Um, you know, it's you can – you have two big positions they have to fill, obviously, linebacker or cornerback. Or, or and with the corners that are on the board still, they're going to reach for this for this guy. They're going to go up here, and I have them picking Patrick Sertan based off of everything we have because he's the best available, really best available linebacker or best available position player between linebackers and corners that I have listed available. Um, so he's just ahead of somebody like Micah Parsons, who would be the linebacker. I would have chose had Sertan already been off the board at this point in time. But Patrick Sertan, I have going to Arizona here, and he's going to – that freak of an athlete that he is is going to flourish in that defense. So that moves us on to Las Vegas Raiders at 17. And similar vein, they need defense, literally any single defensive player they need it. But I do think they have Max Crosby they like, and I think they're still somewhat sold on Cleveland Farrell. But at the same time, that's not quite enough, especially in that division. So I'm going to say they go with Quitty Pay, who has dropped a little bit out of Michigan, the edge rusher. I think he gives them a little something extra to get after the quarterback because I think they like Cleveland Farrell, but I think the writing's on the wall. He's a good run defender. He's not much of a pass rusher. Max Crosby's a nice surprise, but their secondary has way too many holes, and they need to find a way to hit quarterbacks. They they were in a shootout every week. They're Atlanta. They're basically the Atlanta Falcons West Coast. They need to be able to stop somebody, and they're wasting Derek Carr and Darren Waller. So give me quitty pay to get after the quarterback. A pretty a little bit of a drop because I had him a little bit higher rated than this. Yeah, no, I, I like the pick out of out of Michigan. I think he's a quality guy and a guy that you keep talking about. Max Crosby, injury injury prone. Max Crosby, Quiddy Pay, pretty 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 solid so far in his career, albeit not in the NFL yet, but has not had to deal with much injury. And now you get the now you get a chance to pick Miami Dolphins. The fun part about this, we each get to split some picks here with some of these teams. So your turn to draft for Miami. Yeah, so Miami pick number two. All right, there's again the, you can go offensive line with Miami, but I think there's a bigger hole that needs to be filled to help two out. And it's running back. And the only running back I have listed as going in the first round is Najee Harris. And he goes right here to Miami. Again, getting another Bama guy to go with a Bama guy. I think they're going to play this safe. They're going to get recognition. And the cool thing about Najee Harris, one, he's not afraid to block. But two, he is a receiving running back as well. So he can catch the ball out of the backfield and run it, run, literally run anybody over with his 6'2", 220-pound build. He's a monster of an athlete, and he run. He's probably gonna run like a four 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 two, something like that. And the, and you're gonna be like, like, oh wow, he's fast. Mm. So, I think he's gonna prove himself during his pro day, his combine, if you will. And I think that's gonna be the moment that judge him up this board for Miami to take him right here. You, the young man Miles Gasket has entered the chat to say, "What about me, guys? I thought I was okay, but I I, I like the pick. I think it could if be a good running." So injured, I think uh, Miles Gasket. That's that's my thing. Is like he's pretty I, healthy I, last year. That whole COVID thing kind of got him though. Yeah, that's, I mean, I'm sorry. I know what you're getting at, though, too. Like, <laughs> Najee Harris is, those two in the same backfield together with two and Devontae Smith, hard to turn that down to. Yeah, exactly. So, moving on to pick number 19, the Washington football team, the surprise playoff team, if you will. And honestly, they need everything. And I think it this, except defense, that defensive line is absolutely filthy. But I think here, 
the quarterback drought ends once again. I'm going to say they take a gamble on Trey Lance out of North Dakota State. He drops a lot farther than pretty much everyone else is going to have him. This is just how our board played out, but I think the talent is there. He wins games and he doesn't turn the ball over. That's what more could Ron, Ron Rivera want with that defense and Antonio Gibson and Terry McLaurin. Like they got a squad. They just need somebody to play, play under center. And I think this could be that where they take their chance. They did bring back Heineke for probably maybe the starter at the beginning, let Trey Lance get his feet wet. So if you can wait till pick number 19 and get a guy that a lot of people are putting as a top five prospect, why not? Yeah, no, I mean, 100%. Why not? Uh, Trey Lance, just for me, I just, I can't find a team that I want to put some, a quarterback out. I'm strong enough to, to be willing to put somebody like Trey Lance on him in a top 20 position at this point in time. So that's why I've gone other, other places and that's why he's fallen so far. Uh, but moving on to 20, we got the Chicago Bears. The will Mitch be their guy? Will he not be their guy? Will he do anything? Uh, well, there's only one way to find out if he's going to be your guy, and that's to give him an offensive line to protect him at all times. So I have them going up here and getting an offensive tackle in Alex Leatherwood. And that's out of Alabama. I, I For some reason, I'm picking so many Alabama guys for a guy who went to Auburn. You'd think I would stop picking Alabama guys, mm-hmm. but I'm not. Alex Leatherwood. From Alabama goes right here, number twenty to Chicago. I have him a little higher rated than somebody like Derisaw, uh, but to me, I think just what Leatherwood's able to do in the run game is going to be the di- the more dynamic piece that fits him in Chicago better than Derisaw is. Very interesting. So that moves us on to pick number twenty one with the Colts, and this depends on what they do in free agency because right now, when you look at their biggest hole is probably left tackle. But considering we don't know what they're going to do, I'm going to say they take the left tackle that you just recently mentioned in Christian Derisaw. I think he's the perfect compliment to be next to Quentin Nelson, a mauling type left tackle who tidy up his footwork can tidy up over time. And he doesn't have a, he doesn't have as much negative tape compared to like a Tevin Jenkins out of Oklahoma state or guys who are really high and really low. Kind of like Liam. I can too. really, I can Sorry. Really good. But I think Derisaw is the more safe pick for a team that looks like they're trying to win right now. Yeah. You're exactly right with that. Um, I actually, I, there was, there's very little that separated Darisaw and Leatherwood. And I think it just came down to fit. I think for both of us, I think if Leatherwood was available in, at 21, he might be an option if I had taken Darisaw at 20. So I think they'll take either one, honestly, if they go left tackle this pick and there's still, yeah. I can back, I can Berg too. Like it's a really deep tackle draft. No, exactly. Uh, but moving down to Tennessee, this one's straight up defense again. Hmm. Uh, and given who's still left on the board, the best cornerback available versus the best edge defender are the kind of the two locations I'm looking at right here. And if I were them, I'm going best edge defender, and that's Jason Owa out of Penn State. Uh, give give him a chance over there, and I think he fits in well with his Tennessee defense and what Mike Rabel wants to do. Um, I, I would say they'd go corner, but when you're looking at best available for Tennessee, I think they're going to wait and go a little bit later as corners have not gone quickly off the board at this point in time. So they're going to probably sit there and wait and maybe try to fit somebody in the second round, maybe trade up in the second round and get, get a guy they need to. So right here, I have Jason Owa from Penn state. Very interesting. Okay. I like the pick. I like the pick now moving on to 23. I get to pick for the jets. Uh, this time I get to pick for the jets. So nice little twist there too. So this is a team that needs a lot of things as well too. And you had him taking Zach Wilson earlier. So it looks like they have their quarterback plan and I, they had a good pick with Mekki Beck, Mekti Beckton last year. So I'm going to say they actually follow up on that because I think Greg Sala, sorry, yeah, Coach Sala really wants to keep that quarterback protected. He saw when he was with the 49ers what you could do with the pass rush. The Jets' defense last year was underratedly good. They need some corners, but like you said, the corners are already kind of running thin here a little bit. And the offensive tackles are running a little bit thin here too. But I'm going to say they take Eichenbach out of Notre Dame. This was a really close one. 
but I think Salah is going to just try and protect that quarterback. He knows what it's like to get after a quarterback. And so if you can keep him protected, you can work from there. So they basically get their bookend tackles and back-to-back drafts with Mekti Beckon and Liam Eikenberg. Keep Zach Wilson or Sam Darnold, whoever it is, keep them from getting assaulted by ghosts. Yeah, I, I really like that pick. I, I had them also going offensive tackle at this position as well. Um, that's kind of what I, I figured they would do if they go quarterback first, um, pick offensive tackles. There is a laundry list of offensive tackles or even guards that are projected to play guard in the NFL that were tackles in college. So there, there's a laundry list of guys that they could have gone here. But I do like Eichenberg if he's available here. High quality pick right there. Uh, but number 24, Pittsburgh. So this is kind of the same thing. Do we want offensive line? Or something else. And I'm going offensive line here because of what's on the board. I'm going actually interior offensive line. Wyatt Davis out of Ohio State. Uh, I have him sliding in there. You know, he, they need to fill in this this offensive line because they got Big Ben again. Statuesque back there. Mm. Uh, and what better way to go out and get Wyatt Davis from Ohio State and have, I don't know, a very interesting prospect in there. Because he can kind of play guard and center if you need him to. If it's a stretch, but he could slide out to tackle. But that's a very big stretch for me. Absolutely. So that brings a 25. So I get a chance to actually pick for Jacksonville this time since the last time it wasn't really a pick whatsoever. And I think this one's going to go over to the defensive side as well. And they're another one that has just a laundry list of things that they need. So I'm going to go with who is arguably the best player still sitting on the board. I'm going to say they go with Micah Parsons. I think when you look at him, his talent is just too entirely good. He's such an athletic freak. When I look at him, he has Tremaine Edmonds written all over him. If he, if he succeeds, just an absolute monster, put him next to miles Jack in that offense with the Colts offensive line and running the ball, Jonathan Taylor, Derrick Henry and the Titans, not going to even mention Houston, honestly, but like with those two, you need linebackers. So I'm going to say they grab defense here and I'm going to give them the linebacker just because Micah Parsons fell, but there are some other guys here, but I think Micah Parsons is high on a lot of boards. That's a scary linebacking core. You have miles, Jack, Joe Schubert and Micah Parsons to come at you. That's a terrifying one. And, and Micah Parsons will, can combo there. He can combo as a rush linebacker and he can combo as a cover linebacker. He does them both. And then you have John. Well. Then you have Josh Allen's defensive end getting after the pass too. Like rebuilding Saxonville, one step at a time. Exactly. Um, so moving to Cleveland at twenty six, I can't lie. You actually had Micah Parsons. That's who I had here going to Cleveland was Micah Parsons. Um, Luckily, they just need defense too. Yeah, exactly. So it is going to be uh, defense, and I'm going here with the best available between edge rusher or linebacker, and I'm actually going to go Zayvon Collins out of Tulsa. Love um, that kid. Yeah, he's a cover linebacker. Really mainly a cover linebacker but he's a i mean you you lost joe schubert to free agency you have yet to replace him you still have mac wilson i believe they saw mac wilson but you have you need a, you need a guy in the center of the field that can cover any routes possible and zayvon collins will be there and he can make a lot, a lot of tackles so give this kid out of tulsa a, a chance some people have him ranked higher than micah parsons or just even with micah parsons it's like cutting hairs between these two they're they're that good um that's just because micah parsons took a year off though i think Obviously, he'll show a little bit better in the NFL, but I think Zayvon Collins will have a, a really great year. Don't be surprised if he has a, has a career early on, like somebody like Zach Cunningham leading the league in tackles, you know, as a, as a second year player. Absolutely, a pure tackling machine, and he can also help cover the Mark Andrews of the division. Speaking of Mark Andrews, that brings us to the Baltimore Ravens at twenty seven, and Baltimore's entire draft history is just taking the best available player and making it work. And they have another kid on this that's available right now that I really, really like, and I can't believe what we both had him fall here. Trayvon Morreg out of TCU, the safety. That guy is so versatile. He can, he flies in the box and he flies in center field. He could play the deep half, the deep third. I really like this kid's game, and I think he's 
similar to a Julian Blackman, like what we saw last year. I think he has a lot of that same skill set. Maybe not as good in man-to-man type coverage where Blackman could play a little more nickel, but Morrig is a safety. I think they just take him like, we will find a way to make this work. And you put him in that secondary with Marlon Humphrey, Marcus Peters, Chuck Clark. Like, they will find a way to make it work and deal with the high-flying offenses of the AFC North. Yeah, I mean, you're not wrong by any means by taking him and putting him here. I think that's a... To me, he was the only one... Like, it wasn't until late in the draft that we needed a safety to go off the board for a lot of teams. Uh, Maybe the Jets maybe need a safety to go along Marcus May, but if they can resign... Yeah, if they can resign Marcus May, that is... So, and those earlier teams have so many other holes. It's like, well, you got to pick something. Exactly. Uh, but moving on to 28, New Orleans Saints. Now, this one, I can't lie to you guys. I <laughs> honestly am torn on this one because they could use some interior defensive line. But Drew Brees is still a question mark, whether he will play, whether he won't play. And that means that your backup quarterback right now is good old number seven. And do we really want him being backup quarterback for a long-term prospect? If, you, if you're anybody but Sean Payton. <laughs> There's the catch. So. Anybody but Sean Payton. Yeah, anybody but Sean Payton. Um, so I don't think so. I think right here is where I have my, uh, really, he was my only quarterback going off the board on this one. Um, I actually have Kyle Trask going to New Orleans. Oh, no Mac Jones, huh? No Mac Jones. And I, I nothing against Mac Jones. I just think Kyle Trask fits better with something Sean Payton can work with. His touch is a little bit there, and I think his X-Factor ability provides a lot higher of a ceiling than what Mac Jones does. I think Mac Jones is going to keep you in a game early on in his career, and late in his career, he can maybe Alex Smith you out of a game, but Kyle Trask is going to be a Alex Smith-Drew Brees combination in a weird way. And for him to have a chance to come in here to New Orleans, and if, if, if Brees is there and is healthy and is playing, fantastic guy to learn behind. So... I don't see why they wouldn't. I mean, the guy was a Heisman Trophy winner after only being a starter for a year and a half. Oh, the Heisman Trophy. Heisman Trophy, Trophy finalist. finalist. Yeah, sorry, finalist after only Wait, being a yeah. starter for a year and a half. My bad. I, I will misspoke on that one. Oh, I got you. That brings us to 29 Green Bay. And wow, I really wanted to be a smart ass and say they're going to draft another quarterback here or something ridiculous after what they did last year. But I think they learned from their mistake and they saw MVP Aaron Rodgers still clearly has it and some. So I think they're going to give him a little help with a guy who's honestly, this is kind of a steal based on where I haven't graded Rondell Moore out of Purdue. I think they're going to get him a receiver, a athletic, versatile, just just a threat to go opposite Devontae Adams. And if and then this means you could move guys like Marquez Valdez-Scantling. He could be almost exclusively your deep threat. Alan Lazar could be your surprise slot receiver. Like, I'm going to go with Rondell Moore. They find, they get him a receiver. Like, okay, we're going to go along with him. Although, if Aaron Jones, I'm curious to see if they bring him back too because that might influence this pick. But I'm going to say Rondell Moore, they finally get Aaron Rodgers a first-round receiver. I like it, actually. I think that's a, that's a really good pick. I'm surprised you didn't go with Tony out of Florida, though. Um, I thought about it, but I, I – uh, that was tough. Is I have Rondell Moore graded a little bit higher as a natural receiver, so I went with him. But Tony would be a good pick too. Like that's where it could kind of vary, especially if there's no Aaron Jones, because Tony could be a little bit of a gadget reverse jet sweep type of guy too. So no doubt, no. I, I, I yeah, I love the pick either way. I think Rondell Moore is going to have a good good career, especially with a guy like Aaron Rodgers throwing the ball. Anybody can have a great career. I mean, Valdez hmm. Scantling is a is a household name now because he has Aaron Rodgers. Exactly. So uh, moving to number 30, though, kind of the surprise from last year, AFC finalists, AFC championship game finalists, um, Buffalo Bills sitting here. So you're looking at this, Josh Allen, your career quarterback. 
Deion Dawkins, cornerstone offensive tackle. Their defense. I mean, pick a position. You probably have a good one, except for one position on the defense. Edge rusher. And given the opportunity between an offensive guard here or an edge rusher, I'm giving the edge to them taking an edge rusher here at 30. And because there are so many guards there, and I think they're going to go and get Ojolari from Georgia, Aziz Ojolari from Georgia. And I think he's going to fit in there well. I think he's going to be that edge rusher they need to kind of get after quarterbacks. Because we saw the one thing that really wasn't great, by all means, and consistent, especially consistent, was their edge rushing and getting to the quarterback. You can't ask Ed Oliver from the center of the defense to get to the quarterback every single time. That's not fair. So I think I think this is kind of a position they want to they want to fill in the first round and then get get linemen to go in the second round. Okay, I dig it. I like the pick. It's really good. That brings us to thirty one Kansas City, the team that was allegedly bored during the regular season but got really unbored by the end of it. I you look at the biggest story of that Super Bowl is oh my god the offense that offensive tackle injuries and now Patty is running for his life. So I think they're going to continue their like, all right offensive line no matter what is available, and I look at interior offensive lineman versatile interior offensive lineman landon dickerson out of alabama he could play guard either guard spot or he could play center for you he might even be able to be a swing tackle but i think he's definitely interior so i would say they take him just as more insurance for patty and it gets you a rookie first round offensive lineman which means five-ish years with that money going towards chris jones travis kelsey patty mahomes it allows them to extend this window of that they have with these elite core groups so Give me the best offensive lineman available, who in this case for me is Landon Dickerson. All right. I like it, actually. I like it a lot. Um, I think my only question mark about Landon Dickerson at this point in time is health. Uh, exactly. You know, whether he stays healthy, but I love I, I love watching him play. I mean, it's a, it's a fun guy to watch. Seeing him actually snap the ball in the national championship game after a month of having the ace, the, the knee injury, too. So I, something tells me he's Andy Reid's going to like that, too. Exactly. All right, well, that brings me to 32 and to rounding out our picks. Um, this is tough, honestly, because Tampa Bay has everything. Yeah, the biggest question mark is what they do with their own free agent linebackers. Can they bring back Levante and Devin White? They did just resign Levante David, too, for a two-year so, deal, so they're good there. They're good there. Can they bring back Devin White? Devin White's a, they're still on a rookie deal, so they're good. All right, never mind. We're good then. It's Jack Perry we got to worry about now. <laughs> it's what Shaq Barrett with his going hitting free agency with all that sack money. That's okay because I have a plan. <laughs> this is my plan. <laughs> we're gonna go interior defensive line. We're not gonna go edge. Um, we're gonna stick with interior defensive line, and we're gonna kind of go with a surprise guy. A lot of boards probably not ranking him as high, but he looks really really good. Davion Nixon out of Iowa, um, fantastic player. I think he's gonna be great in the NFL. You know, DJ, you and I have talked about him a lot. And it's because of your us talking about him that I even went back and just double-checked where I had him ranked. He was originally seventh on my, my top seven board um, when we were going in to do this. And looking at everything, debating with myself, do I really want to pick an Iowa guy here? Yes, I'm going to pick an Iowa guy here. Um, he is actually my second highest-rated interior defender behind Christian Barmore. And I think this is going to be a guy that's, that's going to have a great great career, really. Absolutely. And hey, they had some pretty good success with an Iowa guy in the first round last year with Tristan Wirfs. So, I mean, at this point, it seems like a pretty safe bet. Putting him in Vita Vey in the middle can cause a lot of havoc, regardless of who's playing the edge next to Jason Pierre-Paul. And it keeps people off of Levante David and Devin White. Yeah. You're keeping those guys free, whether you're running a 3-4 or a 4-3. Davion Nixon is athletic enough. You could play him either one, and he will make an absolute impact. So, I love the pick. He's another one of those guys that 
I really liked. And I was trying to put him in all these other places, but the places I want to put him were the even numbers where you're picking. I'm like, God, I want to put him there, but that's not my pick. Then it was my pick. I was like, well, I can't put him here. Well, a lot of my, so this is the thing is a lot of my, my stuff, I, looking back at my list, a lot of my guys that my second option is even interior defensive lineman on a lot of them, but my first option was available or a better equivalent to my first option was available. So I'm like, <laughs> Oh, all right, well, I'm taking that guy if I have that opportunity because that's going to fill a hole for 10 years, whereas this only may fill a hole for seven, five years because contract expenses at that point in time for that position are going to be crazy. Absolutely, Absolutely. Um, and it looks like we have a little bit of time left, so I'm going to go through a really quick some of our guys that didn't make our list that I have on my big board, which I'm working on, which will be sent out to a blog in the upcoming weeks. I will be ranking my top 50 prospects coming into the NFL draft. going to wait and get some pro days and a little bit more to view on them, but... Some guys I have right now, Javon Holland, the safety out of Oregon. I mean, I think it's kind of like with Trayvon Morig, it's just depending on need and safety. Well, kind of a need. It's not, unless you're Jamal Adams or one of those type of prospects, I don't think you're, we're going to see a lot of them in here. Mm-hmm. And then, of course, let's see, Jabril Cox, the linebacker out of LSU. He's a guy I have a little bit higher rated than most other people. I like his game. I think it has a little bit of Patrick Queen feel to it. I think yeah. he can... Coming to make a play, speaking of which, Jamin Davis, the linebacker out of Kentucky, you can make a case he's as good as Micah Parsons or any of those other guys. He just isn't quite as terrifying, if you will. Yeah, yeah, he's a little <laughs> bit uh, smaller bodied. If, if, if Absolutely, absolutely. And Cardarius Tony, I we mentioned him a little bit, like just missing out, honestly. I could easily see him going to Green Bay instead of Rondell Moore. And who was arguably running back one coming into the year, Travis Etienne. I just... I feel like this year the running backs are going to be like last year where you see them blitz after 32, like 33, 35, 38, like where we saw JK, Jonathan Taylor, DeAndre Swift, all those kids go last year. And then Clyde Edwards Hilaire went 32. I think we're going to see that this year with a lot of these decent running backs coming out late, the two kids out of North Carolina. I think it's going to be second rounds are for the running backs these days. Yeah. And and I think the only chance he really has of going in the first round is maybe somebody like Pittsburgh decides they want to go running back instead of instead of interior offensive line to help out their line, um, which would be a surprise to me. I mean, if somebody like Wyatt Davis is available at that point in time and they don't go Wyatt Davis, it would have to be because of something that happens during his pro day um, and they go Travis Etienne or maybe something happens during Travis Etienne's pro day that puts him up ahead and maybe that's why he's a priority because I just don't think Pittsburgh sold on James Conner much longer um, being that main guy. And the uh, fact that they were 32nd in rushing last year or whatever it was. Yeah, and, and, and you know, that goes hand-in-hand hand with the offensive line, so I don't know what you do really if you're Pittsburgh there. Maybe they have a trade in mind. Um, who knows? But, yeah, that's those, those are some very interesting names. I also want to point out a couple other ones. Greg Newsom, the second from Northwestern. I had him number four in my corners. And number five, Sean Wade, also in the corners. And Asante Samuel, all guys that have a potential to be a first-round grade, but there's just one or two things that just don't, their game doesn't mesh to, to guarding guys in the NFL some, for some reason or another. There are uh, guys that I think those second round picks are like, oh yeah, totally worth it. But it's just no one wants to pull the trigger on as a first round guy too. Exactly. And then also Monty Rice out of Georgia. For me, I think he dropped a lot this last season for some reason. I think he had a good year. It, it wasn't bad by any means. I just feel like, obviously he's still a top 10 rank on linebackers for me. But I feel like he's a guy that we might see drop to three, maybe even the fourth round. Uh, not for anything that he did, but just because positional needs in the second and third rounds will be a little bit different because of the way the first round plays out, because there's a lot more offensive linemen being taken in this first round, because a lot of offensive linemen we're seeing that have been in the, in the league for a while are actually 
phasing out because of injury or retirement or something else. And teams are learning you need to carry an extra couple offensive linemen to, to be good. Uh, it's the so one position where you could literally have 10 of them and still feel like you need more. Yeah, 100%. And, and really, there's you know there's even a whole position group we really never even touched. And like, I said, like you said, safeties are, are one. Javon Holland, uh, Jamie Sherwood, Sherwood out of Auburn, he's ranking pretty high on some boards. Um, he, for me, he was not in my top five, but he's a guy worth mentioning that, depending on his pro day, could jump up because when he's playing for Auburn, they did pretty well in the back end. When he was out for Auburn for targeting issues, well, it wasn't so very good at all. Um, but you mentioned Jabril Cox out of LSU for linebacking, uh, for linebackers. I think he's one. But one for me that's a surprise, that will be a surprise on a lot of people's watch. And on DJ, I know we've talked about him a lot. The kid out of Wisconsin, Whitewater, Quinn Miners. I, I think that offensive guard, an absolute mauler. Um, I'm going to say a, a poor man's Quentin Nelson. No, no knock to the poor man, but not very many people can be Quentin Nelson. Um, I don't think anyone besides Quentin Nelson can be a Quentin Nelson, honestly, though. Yeah, I think just what, what he does, it just reminds me of watching the the, the tape of, of Quentin Nelson. He takes top 10 ranked linemen and puts them on the butt and then keeps driving them into the ground consistently. And and he's, he's a guy from D3 that's out here doing this. That's, I mean, that's something to be, to be worth watching. So he might go round two, probably he's going to slip to round three. But don't be surprised if somebody takes a shot on him in round two. I think he's going to be a guy that, that we might hear, hear his name called earlier than most people expect. Absolutely. He could be a surprise steal for somebody. And, of course, we're ignoring the biggest name that we both left off the first round, Mac Jones, the Alabama quarterback. Like, I I personally th- think I like Kyle Trask a little bit more as a prospect, too. I have them rated about the same on the board, but neither one of us had Mac Jones going the first round when there's some guys out there that Mac Jones is, like, the third best quarterback, arguably. And I think it's because it comes down to – fit i think i think at the end of the day the fit for the offensive schemes is is where he slips um he is a game manager and you have to keep that in mind when you're picking for a lot of teams some teams aren't built to have a game manager some teams need a guy like justin fields or trey lance somebody who's dynamic with their legs and you know i'm not trying to say mac jones can't run the ball but Man. when i watch him run it's like watching a newborn baby horse try to take its first steps it's it's awkward and terrible and, and not like andrew luck awkward and terrible no it's just awkward and terrible like Peyton Manning awkward and terrible like you shouldn't do that man this is honestly when we look at like these seven quarterbacks that we have graded in the top 50 he's the least athletic out of all of them comfortably and again that's nothing against Mac Jones he has a he has a he has a quality arm on him he can throw the deep ball he can throw a touch pass pretty well Um, I worry a little bit on these outside throws hitting the number like hitting outside the numbers on like an out route or anything like that Um, but that's more to timing than anything I think his internal clock is a little bit squirrely um and i do think he holds on to the ball a little too long and obviously that's a luxury of playing behind an offensive line at alabama that is i mean we talked about alabama how many guys i picked from alabama because they just seem to fit at these places but there's another three guys on this list that are offensive linemen at alabama that could probably go in the first two rounds so i mean he has a luxury of sitting behind that his old career and nfl teams don't have that luxury really to build that so wouldn't surprise me if he goes in the second round to a team like Atlanta, depending on maybe they're not sold on Matt Ryan, but they didn't want to spend their first overall pick on that because you have a guy like Kyle Pitts sitting there available. Why not add an extra weapon and then take, then take Mac Jones in the second round in case Matt Ryan doesn't work out, you know? Absolutely. Yeah. It's, it's going to be a fun draft. I'm sure when we do this again too, later on, it's going to be very, very different minus pick number one that was already set in stone. But I think a lot of these other ones, we're going to have a little bit of variety, a little more fun in. And then one other last name I have just for us to keep an eye on, you know, as the season gets along, 
and one guy that we didn't really mention that we heard a lot of, but I think is going to pick up some steam, Rashad Bateman out of Minnesota, the receiver. Yeah. I think he's going to be one of those guys, similar like what we saw with the Chase Claypool last year, that could get taken later than everybody else. You can't take him higher, but depending on where he goes, he can make an instant impact and be among the best, better rookie receivers out there. Yeah, no doubt. I, I actually 100% agree on you. There is one guy I do want to ask you about, though, because you are my resident Oklahoma guy. Ronnie Perkins, he obviously missed a lot of their season due to off-the-field issues. Most people have him in their top 10 on edge defenders. For me, I have him around eight, maybe nine. I mean, how do you feel on him at all? Do you think he'll be a quality NFL guy? Obviously, he's probably going second, third round, maybe fourth. But, I, I mean, I don't know. I, I don't know where to put his ceiling. I don't, I don't know how to feel about him because watching him play, the best watching him play was very exciting. The worst watching him play, I'm like, oh, wow, that's just a kid out there. Interesting enough, I think he could play defensive end or outside linebacker. I think he's very versatile. He's only like 247, 250. He's got that Robert Mathis-esque build where you could – I think he's better as a DN, but he's so small you could put a linebacker and still fluctuate with him. I can see a team like Cleveland who just needs more pass rushers to get – so Miles Garrett's not getting double-teamed every play, and they just need defensive help in general to help that secondary. You know Greedy Williams and Grant Delpit are coming back. Maybe that helps the secondary next year so you improve the pass rush. Larry Ogunjobi hasn't showed a lot. Olivier Vernon, we'll see. I mean, I feel like the time's kind of running out there. Sheldon Richardson, kind of the same thing. It's keep people from holding Miles Garrett, get somebody like him on the opposite side that can just be a threat. If they're like, oh, we're going to double-team Miles Garrett, okay, maybe that guy can win some one-on-ones. Or the quarterbacks like Lamar Jackson in that division try to break the pocket, guy who can kind of help contain. So a second-round pick for him to Cleveland be a really good fit is how I look at it. Or like Buffalo, you mentioned them with the first round. Taking a defensive line, like taking a defensive lineman, help get after it. Go with that, Oliver. Another good fit there as well. Yeah, definitely. I think I think that could actually be very interesting. Unfortunately, I feel like also, also unfortunately he falls apart because he missed a couple of games because of off field. Obviously, it's been a new focus for NFL GMs, um, the off the field mm-hmm. issues, and, and guys like Peyton Turner out of Houston didn't have those issues, or you know the guys out of Miami, both guys out of Miami, didn't have any off the field issues. So you look at those two guys maybe having a leg up on him because they don't have those off the field issues. So maybe that's why he dropped so much because he was projected to be one of these first three defensive ends taken off the board. So, And some other guys I'll just throw out there too. The two defensive linemen out of Washington, Joe Try on the edge and the defensive tackle, Levi on on I honestly don't know how to say this. On Wuzurik. Yeah, that guy. On Wuzurik. Yeah, that's he's, he's one of those very unique names. I've I've watched them play a little bit, but I never really, I never they never said his name. They always never said it when they said group tackle made by this guy. But I, he always stuck out when I watched it. That made sense. I always recognize him as the name I can't pronounce. So I think he's gonna be a guy that second third round pick could add some really good defensive line depth. And then Joe Tryon, a team like the Colts who are looking for edge help a little bit, he could come in for them to be a situational pass rusher type. Buffalo, those same teams again. Even your Cowboys, who could use a little bit of a pass rush improvement too, especially go opposite to Marcus Lawrence. I think those guys could be some later rotational players that could make a strong name for themselves. Yeah, and it's actually funny you mentioned on, on Wuzurike. He was actually the guy that went up against Quinn Miners a lot, the, the kid out of Wisconsin-Whitewater, during the senior bowl practices and got put on his butt twice as much. Um, and that's a big guy to move. On Wuzurike is like almost 300 pounds worth of man, and he's not easy easily moved uh, by any means. And uh, that's why that's one of those things that stood out because I knew how good on Wuzurike was. And you watch this, this offensive guard that's D three offensive guard, just sitting here mauling a guy that's a projected top five at his position. And you're like, Oh, Oh, that, that dude's different. 
Hmm. So nothing against on Wuzurike, but using him as a grading scale for another player is kind of what I was doing because he is a good player. I mean, by, by all means, he is 100% a good player and, and a guy that will stand out. An early rotational player, long-term, he'll be on the field player. Um, probably not going to be an all-pro in his career, maybe once or twice if he gets luck, gets, gets a couple too many sacks. Um, an all-pro, that's a pretty steep one. Maybe a pro bowler here or there, but yeah. Yeah, I mean, yeah that's, that's just it. Like maybe, you know, he might make make an award appearance once. Um, but I don't, don't foresee him having a huge college, or, you know, long-term career, but somebody like on Muzurike, I think, I think seven, eight years, get a quality, get, get your, get your bird time in, get your, uh, your retirement and, and get out. <laughs> Absolutely. So that pretty much will do it for this first edition of our mock drafts going back and forth. I'm going to be working on a prospect list. We heard, you probably heard honestly more than half of them. You've heard most of them already today. We've our guys we missed out on are a lot of guys that are going to probably be on the board too. So I'll be working on that. You can see that on the Unhinged blog as well as the High Low Sports Podcast website. Kelsey, any final words from you? No, we're going to have all these picks that we uh, we made today. We're going to have them put into a blog and put on our website as well, so that way you guys can see what the picks are exactly, and also are kind of a, we'll have one or two sentences about the pick and why we have them there over somebody else maybe. Um, but that way, just a little explanation, just so you guys have a little bit more. But other than that, guys, check us out every Thursday, 2 p.m. Eastern Time on the Unhinged Sports Network. And every Friday, 2 p.m. Eastern time on all of our platforms. Um, we're always there. And also, be sure to stay tuned for more ColorCast announcements, guys. We had a fantastic weekend this last weekend doing the UFC 259 for you on Saturday. And Sunday, we had a fantastic time doing the NBA All-Star Game. And, you know, guys, you guys you guys make this, make this work for us, and we had a whole lot of fun doing it for you. Um, so we want to keep doing that because it helps us live out some of our dreams of, of calling some fantastic sporting events. And we'll probably have a couple more coming up later this month. Stick, stay tuned for that. We definitely have one on the docket we're still working on. So definitely stick around. This won't be the last time you hear or see us on ColorCast. Yeah, cough, cough, wink, 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 wink. <laughs> but guys, that'll do us for us. And we will see you guys next time. Mary redeemed a $50,000 cash prize playing Chumba Casino this year. I was only playing for fun, so winning this was a dream come true. Chumba Casino is America's number one social casino experience. It's serious fun. With over 80 casino-style games to choose from, you too could win life-changing amounts of cash. Be like Mary. Log on to ChumbaCasino.com and give them a whirl. That's ChumbaCasino.com. No purchase necessary, void, or prohibited by law. 18+. plus. Terms and conditions apply. See website for details. The voice in the preceding commercial was not the actual voice of a winner. Hi, I'm Maria. And I'm Mike. And we're Team Team Ready. Black Hills Energy knows your home is where your heart is. So they want you to be ready. It's all about keeping you safe, prepared, and making your home as energy efficient as possible. Everything from how to weatherize your home to how to stay safe during extreme weather. Be ready for anything. Go to blackhillsenergy.com slash team ready.